Welcome to Sundial. I'm Carlos Frias. The comedian Gadiel Del Orbe found internet fame in the palm of your hand. Gadiel started making videos at a time when the power dynamics for entertainment were changing. Digital platforms like BuzzFeed's Pero Like and others like MeToo, they took advantage of the fact that everyone now had a tiny TV in their pocket. So they made viral content for niche audiences. It opened the door to new voices. It opened the door to talents like Gadiel. Gadiel focused on the Latino community, specifically making content para su dominicano. He pokes fun at his culture. He grew up in New York, which might explain why he has a thing for pigeons. They show up in his jokes a lot. Here's his observation about Miami. There's more Latinos than pigeons. <laughs> I was walking around, I was walking down the street, all I saw was roosters and chickens. <laughs> he went from being the funny guy on a Navy aircraft carrier to being that funny guy on YouTube. Now the industry's changing again, and Gadiel is finding a way to change with it. He's doing more stand-up now, and he's back in our city. He'll perform tonight at the Miami Improv in Doral, looking for pigeons and for laughs. Que lo que, Gadiel? Que lo que, mi hermano. Gracias por tenerme aquí. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you here, man. It's a pleasure for us to have you. So you're in Miami. What are the things in Miami that make you laugh? Oh, uh, make me laugh? Oh, man, it's not that, you know what? One thing I noticed about Miami, everybody has like a side hustle. Oh yeah. Like like I'm there in the Uber and the Uber was like, you know, I'm a financial planner. I'm like, bro, <laughs> <laughs> you're the last person I need financial advice from, right? <laughs> you're getting financial advice. He's doing your whole portfolio from uh, in between red lights. Oh my god! Like yeah, see, mother. So we had I had today. I had not today. It was like when I got here, the Uber driver was like, "Can you follow my Instagram? I'm a rapper." I'm like, <laughs> what's going on in Miami? <laughs> you gotta have a side hustle, right? Like you said, I love it. I love it. El tigueraje. I love. It. I, what I love about Miami is this is. I always felt like Miami has been Latino Times Square. I would say this is the headquarters of Latinidad, right? And the reason why I love coming here is because those jokes that I do on stage, I cannot do them anywhere else. Oh, interesting. And sometimes, like I, I just posted something like two days ago that went. It's going viral. It's doing. It's doing perfectly well it was like a dominican joke that mm -hmm. i had and uh i saying that that dominicans are toxic all right dominican men are toxic how right? are dominican men to toxic right <laughs> you're not easy no it's claro yeah like my father like my father left and started a new family but the family looks exactly like our family Right, so those are the types of jokes I'm saying on stage, right? <laughs> and uh, what the, uh, what, those type of that actually uh, was born on stage. Oh, that's interesting. That was all improv on stage, but that only happens in a place like Miami. That's interesting because that that start that's how the internet pays attention, right? Mm -hmm. Like every like we all now follow accounts. Like it's a new, mm -hmm. you know, that's how we discover comedy. We find people that speak specifically to our comedy. And you're seeing that now, uh, like you, what you see on stage is kind of what you saw on the internet, right? Yes. Well, uh, think about it. Comedy is all about identity. How can I relate to you? And it's all about truth. Right. Right. Uh, one thing I love is Miami, since it's just such a Latino hub, Latinos, we're like three trillion buying power in this country. Mm -hmm. And the last seven years, we're 25 percent growth in, in the population of this country. In the next 10 years, we're talking about that we're going to be the majority. So... Uh, the, the, in comedy, we're not being catered to only musically. Hmm. We're being catered to. So there's a there's like a hole 
right? Even when I started Better Light, you were talking about Better Light. Mm-hmm. I was excited. I was not excited to work for BuzzFeed. They were like, you can work for BuzzFeed, but you're going to work in Better Light. And there were some people that were like, I don't know if I want to be working at Better Light. Those people that we brought in were like, we want to work at BuzzFeed. And there were Latinos, like, there were Venezuelans that were like, no, I want to be in BuzzFeed. Why will I work at Better Light? There were Puerto Ricans that were forced to, felt forced to work at Better Light, but they rather worked for BuzzFeed. And for me, it was, no, yo soy Latino. Like, soy Dominicano. Mm-hmm. Y el contenido que yo quiero hacer es para mi gente. Right, like you knew that that the content you were gonna make, the people, you know, it was gonna, be, you knew the audience, the audience was gonna be there for your content. Yes. I, and did you find that right away? Like, did you find that, like, you know, uh, like being in that in that pie, right? Mm-hmm. Like, people found you, they came looking for you. Oh, I think the first three videos I made went viral. Hmm. Right. Tell me about them. What was what were some of the first ones that went viral? Uh, the first one, I think, it was sound effects, Latinos. Uh, do I think it's something like that? Uh, <laughs> okay, I gotta hear that. What are some of the sound effects Latinos do? Wow, it was like, uh, uh, eh, es que tanto tiempo también. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been a minute. It's like fuacata. Yeah, fuacata is a word. Is that that's a Sp- that's only a Latino word, right? Yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> Jenny Jenny Lorenzo, uh, she's in the first scene of the video, and she walks in, and she and I'm telling a story. It's like and my grandma walked in, and me tiró una chancleta, and me dio la cabeza, y fuacata. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, Jenny Lorenzo is a, is a creator from Miami. She was uh, yes. she's an act. She was a graduate of, of the uh, University of Miami acting school, and I think she's in LA, which is where you're based now, right? Yes, Jen, Jenny Lorenzo. Man, I take my hat off uh, to Jenny because. Jenny is just a hard worker. She opened the doors for me. She was the one that got me into Pedro Light. Oh, is that right? Yeah. She was like, she's the pioneer of Pedro Light. One of the pioneers of Pedro Light, I would say. Tell right. me about that story because there, there's like some, there's some funny history to that, right? Are you, yeah. Uh, uh, she kind of opening the door. At, at this time, we're like internet videos or people are now going to their phones and then yes. Pedro Light, like you said, is, is, is creating a ground for like, all right, Latino creators. This is a place for, you know, you can... You can hone your craft for your audience. Yeah. How did she bring you in there? Uh, they were looking for a Dominican to do a, a taste test, like a like a like a, uh, I think it was like a, a taste test for desserts, for a Caribbean desserts. Oh, right? Gadiel reacts to different Cari- it was Caribbean just desserts. Like different Caribbeans. It was like I was yo estaba con Jamaicano, and then I had my Dominican dessert. Una bichola con dulce. You already know. All right. Semana Santa. Okay. You know it's delicious. But you will go to the bathroom after you're done. Habichuela <laughs> <laughs> con dulce. I've not had that. I gotta put that on my list. You never had habichuela con dulce. I have not, dulce. bro. I know. Super pena, right? Yo, oh my Super god. Super pena. Si tú pruebas un habichuela con dulce, tú vas a ver a Jesucristo. Seeing the face of God. Are you habichuela beans? Beans. Okay. It's a dessert. It's a bean dessert, and it's oh. Immaculate, delicious. So you try these desserts, these different kind of things, and uh-huh. and what is the reaction like? Uh, people were it w- it went to the main BuzzFeed channel, and at that time they were trying to try things out to see if Latino content works, right? And uh, we did the video. The video went out. It hit. It went viral. And the comments were like, "I love the Dominican with the Jamaican." And I sat there and I said, "Yo, was a bien dominicano." Yo llame todo lo espíritu, all the Dominican spirits, y, y oh my, yeah. <laughs> orishas came over, y los santos vinieron, y, y me ayudaron todito, I was mad Dominican, mad Dominican, and guess what, like, we had the taste test, and they loved it, and they were like, let me give this guy an opportunity, and before I left the Navy, I always lived by this model, right, people don't get what they want because they don't ask, right, 
And there was oh, a friend of mine, a Jewish friend of mine, before I left the Navy, told mm -hmm. me that, yo, people don't get what they want because they don't ask. Wow. Niño que no llora, no mama. Es también, ese también. Ese me es gusta. También. Ta ese me gusta también. Uh, and it's, I think it's an interesting thing happened to where it's like, you, you break this fallacy of like the Latino community, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like kind of a, a, it's an inherent category. It doesn't really fit because you have so many, yeah. so many cultures within it that all they have in common is they speak a form of Spanish. Yeah. Right. And, and you get to find like, like those videos showed some of those differences that yeah. people were looking for. Right. We're, we're not a monolith, mm. but um, one thing I do understand about Latinidad is we're proud where we come from. Where this country uh, for a very long time has put us down in a sense that when you look at media is Latinos are stealing our jobs. Before before Latinos, it was black folks. Uh, when you watch movies, we were the criminals. And still, we're mm. the kind of the criminals in these movies and TV shows. Or we're the housemates cleaning or the, the gardener. Yeah, no so, lead roles. No lead roles. Mm. So when I was growing up in high school, I'm, you already seen a lot of Latinos that were trying to assimilate. I hate the word assimilate because of that. Because we're always trying to uh, add assimilation to Latinos to say, oh, now you have to be American when we are America. Right, like you were born well, in New born York. <laughs> in New York, right? They give it, when you say, look at hey, the both statue. things can be true. So both things can be true. America is a land of immigrants, right? And uh, one thing I, I, when I take pride, one thing I do understand is when you have enthusiasm of who you are, where you come from, that enthusiasm spreads, mm. and that was the gold for better like. Right. So you get you get brought into one of those reaction videos, and uh, tell me about that. How did that? How did that change? How did that change your life? Like, how did that change things for you? Muchacho, I was so bra broke. They were like, I was living in San Diego, and they were like, drive from San Diego all the way to LA, and we're gonna pay you. Okay, that sounds good. You got me to right there. Mi hermano, <laughs> I'm still waiting for that paycheck. <laughs> 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 um, that's funny but it gave you it's, but it, what it did give you it sounds like was like your first crack right I, like, I just knew that I, I was doing stand up at that time but I just knew if I got in if they saw me there's also a form of marketing and one thing that you meet in LA a lot of people that they just they want to get paid first before they even make it anywhere right but there's there's a system there's a there's a, a playbook that you need to play by the rules that if you don't play by these rules then you're not gonna get nowhere in this life right that's how I saw it I was like I at least I'm I'm not gonna get paid, or I probably won't. But if I don't get paid, that's fine because there's the marketing aspect of it of it all, and they have a reach. And I'm gonna be marketing myself on the internet. That's how I saw it. Muchacho, yes, ese carro barely used to make it to LA. And what what did you drive in? What did you roll <laughs> up and what hoopty? <laughs> it was an Acura, old Acura. I think it was like a 2000 Acura. Un cura, yeah, uh, se eh, le cayó la. Mi hermano, my arms are so big because I didn't have any. Uh, what is it? Power uh, steering? No power steering. <laughs> <laughs> you got jacked. Yeah, oh, no, I could arm wrestle anybody. <laughs> and like, you know, obviously you're there, you're going there to kind of market yourself. Did you? Did it work? Did you feel like it, it originally worked? It worked. I went over there. I mean, there. you're here today, so of it worked. course, of course. Uh, I drove the hoopty. As a matter of fact, I remember. As a matter of fact, people that are broke, uh, you know how like when you overdraft your account, they charge you thirty five bucks. Yes, sir. Right. So I had a friend that worked at Wells Fargo. Yo lo llamaba cada semana. Oye, quítame eso. <laughs> you had a guy on the inside <laughs> knocking yeah. it out. Yeah, but the thing, the trick was when let's say you got twenty dollars left in your in your checking account. I, I used to pull out, you could go up to $300 deep. Wow. 
So I used to whip out $300 and I would survive out of those $300 until I, I make some type of little money to get that out. Wow. You were really, I mean, you were living on the edge of that, right? I there. was on the edge, bro. But yet something about it was so, you were so passionate about mm -hmm. it that you were willing to do that. There was something in me that said it was going to work. I said, no matter what, there's numbers here. Something has to give. Right. And I have a good friend named Mendy. I used to call him all the time. I'm not going to lie. I spent nights llorando, crying. I did not know where I was going to go. Right. It was scary, bro. Like, you, I, I, I lived in my car. I was sleeping in my car and not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. I was getting, and then when I got the internship, I was getting paid way less than, min, I, it, I was, it was minimum wage, but for LA, LA is super expensive. Like you can't survive out of that. Yeah. I think people in Miami can, can identify with uh, that. Yeah. Right now. yeah. And it, it takes some type of grit and it's, it is a battle within yourself saying like, I know I don't have the money, but I'm going to do it some way. Some, there's something here. And, and there's sometimes your mind becomes your enemy in the sense like, what are you doing? You're not going to go nowhere. I had to fight that every single night. Oh, wow. So I eatando solo en Los Angeles sin familia. Because all your family was back in, in New, New York. York. And Dominican. And Dominican Republic. And every night you get up and you go on every, stage. Every night. Or you was, make some videos. It was making videos. And after that, I would go to like these little open mics. But like in order to grow in video, whatever you put your energy is what, what grows. Mm. And you can't spread your energy. Es que mucho cosecha poco agarra. Oh, that's a good one. Ah, tú sabes. I'm, I'm full of lessons you're, today. You got full of, you're full of Dominican dicharachos. Oh, ya tú sabes. sayings. Yo soy el maestro aquí. <laughs> that, let me ask you about that, about doing comedy in Spanish and English, because we talk about that even here on the yeah. radio. You know, like our, we have a, uh, an English speaking audience, but okay. like so much of Miami is Latino. Oh, yeah. Do you adjust your act depending on where you're going to add a little bit of flavor? Or is your act your act? My, you, as a comedian, you always have your act, right? Mm -hmm. And different audience, you have to come out with something different. And I feel like in Miami is the only place where I could truly be me. Wow, Miami is the only place where you could be. I'm not even from Miami. Yeah. I was not born and raised in this place. But there, there, there's something because my people are still here. I could truly be me. And there's only certain jokes or certain acts that come out and, and give birth here in Miami. Hmm. Right? And I think Miami is the future. I feel like for Latino comedians, this is the future. Because we, as comedians and Latinos, we don't get this opportunity. We, we, I could go to L.A. I could go to New York and New York. Yes, I would have an opportunity there, but anywhere else in LA, I don't have the opportunity that I have here. I don't have the opportunity in San Diego or even San Francisco. The la comunidad aquí is different. You're gonna get more Caribbeans. You're gonna get more South Americans over here that will understand dif different aspects of Latinidad. Things that I could say on stage, I could only say it on stage here, and people here will understand it. So this is an opportunity for Latinos to come out here. You're gonna see Marquez tonight. And these uh, Marquez is gonna experience this audience like uh, you never seen before. Aida, Aida, and I, I gotta give a shout out to Aida Rodriguez because she was the person that opened the door. So I don't know if you know who Aida Rodriguez. Aida Rodriguez is a past guest. If you check on your Sundial app, you can find our interview with her. She's yeah. amazing. She's the one that opened the door for me. How did she open the door? Tell me about that. I was her. I was her feature. I went on tour with Aida. Aida, really? Aida believed in me before anybody else did. She's half Dominican, half Puerto Rican, and even when I saw her go on stage. Over here in Miami, mm -hmm. I just saw her act go completely different. Like I even seen her say on stage, like, "Man, I should, I should shoot my special over here because it's just a different vibe that you get in Miami." 
and for Latino comedy is uh, I think this is uh, I think comedy in Miami is the future for Latino comedians. That's interesting. And you're going to see you yeah, I think in the next 10 years you're going to see a drastic change within the comedy scene here. I well tell me about that um I'm so interested in the comedy scene here, but uh, about how you hooking up with Ida because Ida, she she grew up in Miami. A she part grew up of in Miami as well. So she, and she spent some time, uh, you know, she's got those roots and like you said, in, the, in Dominican and Puerto Rico. Uh, but tell me about how that opening for her, how did that even happen, and how did that how did that change things for you? I think well, I met Ida. I saw Ida on on Last Comic Standing. I was in San Diego. Right. I'm new to the comedy scene, and I see this woman go on the top ten. Right. And she's like, I'm half Dominican, half Puerto Rican. And I was like, oh, man, that's pretty cool. And uh, I try to search for her to see when she's coming to San Diego. She was not going to San Diego. Mm. She hit top 10 and she's representing us. And I met her in L.A. at this uh, like art gallery. I was like, you saw que Aida es alta. Yeah, she's a, she's a she's a tall woman. Oh, man, un edificio. And I see <laughs> yo veo este edificio walking through the crowd. But she stands out above everybody. And I, met, I was like, I can't believe I met her. And at that time, I was already popular. But like, I was just fan. I was like a little fanboy. Total fanboy. Total fanboy. I'm like, let me take a picture with you. And we took a picture together. And I was like, I, thought, like, I, want, you to, I want to bring you to Pero Like. And we did videos with her in Pero Like. We did a couple of skits that actually went viral. And she took me under her wing. And she took me on tour. I learned a lot about comedy. I learned how to pace myself. I learned how how to tell a story correctly that will p get people engaged into my jokes and and Ida has been a mentor and she's the reason why I'm able to do Miami Improv. Last time I was here, I was her feature. Wow. Tonight I'm headlining. That's wild. That's wild. It's interesting too how the how the comedic track like the the track for a comedian has changed, you know, and how it continues to change, right? And how you could be doing videos with someone and then, mm -hmm. then that becomes the way that that you get a chance to be a feature, you know, to be a featured comedian. Yeah. Yeah, she believed in me. It's not like Ida is not going to have anybody tour with her or anybody be her feature. Ida saw something in me and because Ida started believing in myself. Yeah. Right? I did DC. I just headlined the DC Comedy Loft and it was a, a great amazing show. Right? Yeah. People walked out of there and were like, God, yeah, wow. Yo no sabe. Hasta yo dije, yo no sabía que yo podía hacer una hora. But it, it goes to show that you need somebody that, said, that just says to you, what you're doing is good. Keep doing that. Especially somebody that you respect. Right. Who were some of the people that said to you said that to you the first time? Because I know we, we went down the rabbit hole and looking for old videos of you. And you were like, you were, you were a kid. You grew up in Harlem? Harlem. Born and raised. And so tell me, were like you were you like the funny kid in the neighborhood? Were you the observant kid? Did you oh, get picked on? Who were you? I was the class clown. New York, like like everybody picks on you, especially us Latinos. Or we find something on you, they be like, "Ah, oh, you got a big head." I'm like, "I know, I got a big head. Look at me." <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's like whatever your nick, whatever whatever your the feature that you're embarrassed about, that will become your nickname. Oh yeah, you got like, a big head. You're cabezón. Cabezón. And, 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 and growing up in the hood, like you you're able to like snap back. They be like, "Ah, oh, you got Dumbo ears." I'm like, "Yeah, that's a come." I can hear your mom. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you edited yourself like that. Public radio. Do it, do it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else just finished. You can finish that joke. You can finish that. Your mama joke. Um, yeah, man. Played in the dozens for sure. A version of the dozens. A version of the dozens. Yeah. And uh, in the Navy, they were like, Gadiel. Oh, let's let's get Gadiel. Delorbe is all about the last name. Delorbe. Let's get Delorbe. Delorbe is the funny one. He tells the funny stories. Let's have a, we're going to have a good time and we invite Delorbe in. And then uh, I was afraid of public speaking, actually. Really? Oh, man. Muchacho. My voice will crack. 
back or like I, this what I'm doing right now I wouldn't be able to do it wow so a time. total turnaround what what was the big turnaround for you what made that first switch how did you face that fear I, I, um, I remember I went to this class and they were, I, one thing I hate, I saw actually Kevin Hart do his laugh of my pain and I saw that he was nervous and he went on stage and I related to this guy, like his personality. You hear? Mm. Uh, this guy is like, this is a different version of me. I, I relate to this guy. You're the Dominican Kevin Hart. You're, you know? Yeah, I like yeah, that. I would like to say I'm the Dominican <laughs> Kevin Hart. Look, I said it. You didn't have to say it. I said Ay, it. Gracias, gracias. <laughs> Kevin Hart, llama me. <laughs> if he could speak Spanish. <laughs> so you, okay, but you clearly sought it out because you said you took a class. I, I took, I wanted to get over uh, public speaking, right? Interesting. And um, there was, somebody went on stage and I remember this person said, uh, it, you're ready public speak. She said, she said, uh, you ever had a conversation with one person? I'm like, yeah. What? You ever had, sat down and had a conversation with two people? I was like, yeah, I had a conversation with two people. Were you nervous? I was like, no. Were your voice cracking? No. And I was like, and she was like, why can't you do that with three people? Have you done it with three people? I was like, yeah, I've done it with three people. Five? I'm like, yeah. That's public speaking. Why is five different from 10? Your family? You probably got 10 people in your family. You're Latino. I was like, you're right. And I'm like, what's the difference between 10 and 20? What's the difference between 10 and 30, 40, 50, 100, 200, 300, 500? What's the difference? You're still having a conversation. A thousand. And now, and that right there completely changed my outlook of public speaking. And then I, and I was like, let me try stand up. That's how I'm going to get over it. Wow. So stand up was your first, like what they call it, Toastmasters? Like that, my that Toastmasters. Group. Wow. The, the Navy to me is interesting because. What what got you there? What what was going on in your life where you said, "All right, this is because we're talking about you as a comedian." Like the Navy was like, "Oh, is that was that a part of your background? How did that? How did you decide that that the Navy was going to be at that point in your career?" Uh, you know, I had a dead end job. I worked at GNC selling, you know, vitamins. Oh, it makes sense because you're traqueado. You got jacked. no me puyo. Yeah, that's all natural. All natural. Uh, all natural. Tú sabes. Plátanos. <laughs> Plantains for sure, man. That'll make you strong. I love how you translate it in English after yeah. I say something in Spanish. Well, you know, <laughs> just listen, in case. you know your audience. I know my audience. <laughs> you know your audience. You know your audience. <laughs> so, Trust so me, you, it's going to be mostly English at the show. No, tomorrow. but that's fine. Listen, it's fine. They, they can learn a little Spanish. People appreciate it. Uh, so in uh, New York City, I lived in Harlem. And, and at that time, there were things happening on the streets. And I'm not going to go too much into the detail. But like, uh, I... I at that time in Harlem, there were so many things happening in the streets that I didn't agree with. My mentality was always different. I never, I never, yo nunca lavada. I never like worshipped the street life and the gang life. And I, I never understood that. And at that time, I thought different. I read books. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? Mm -hmm. So I wanted to get out of there. I wanted to get my mother out of there. But when you surround yourself with people in those uh, type of lifestyles, they'll try to pull you in. And there were people that in my neighborhood that were jumped. They were attacked with bottles. Uh, there was people that, that found out who killed their parents and, and wanted a person like me to retaliate. And I'm like, wow. I work for GNC. I could get you vitamins and minerals. <laughs> <laughs> you want B-complex? It'll give you energy to find. <laughs> we'll find them with some B-complex. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? 
You were not about that that thug life. No, I, yeah. I, 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 it was. I, I hated it because there was uh, music at that time. That's what I start. I got, I got away from gangster music at that time because I remember like being in the streets and and people reiterating a lot of these lyrics, mm. and it was just uh, something that was being glorified. You know, so who was the who was the example in your life? Like, who was the person you given you books? I mean, you, you clearly mentioned that your mom and you wanted to see if there's a way to get yeah. her out of that situation. What who were some of the people that really that you relied on to steer you in the right path? It was crazy. Matter of fact, I was in boxing. I used to box. So I, you said that though. I did everything in this life. I, I'm like Dominican Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> Helado, Lieutenant Dan. Oh, oh. So I, I, I used to box. I, I, matter of fact, I, I fought in the Junior Olympics. You know, I won third place, but I still did it. Wow, third, third place in the Junior Olympics. I still so saw it. I, I took an L, but, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that got. But then the Navy. So that that appeared that. That came appealed to me. I wanted. I wanted. I wanted to get out of that the structure. Life. You like the structure of that. It sounds. Like. I, I didn't like the structure oh, at all. Didn't. That's why I left. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, I went on a tangent, but like in the street life, things were happening. I was like, yeah. I need to get out of here. And my best friend, actually, uh, his name is Jeffrey Garcia. He's also Dominican. We were 15 years old and mm -hmm. we were talking about Rich that Poor Dad. I, I met him in boxing and we used to spar with each other. We went to Junior Olympics together and we were like best friends. We would talk about all these different books and stuff like that. And he talked to me about the Navy. I'm like, you want to get out of here? You're going to get a college degree. You're able to buy a house. Like, There's a lot of things that so many benefits. And I said, you know what I'm gonna look into it and I wanted to get out of New York that's like my end of San Diego because I was like take me anywhere as far as possible from New York City wow yeah and that's why I joined the Navy I ended up over there and you we, we it was this video you can find online where you're kind of reacting to yourself as a kid in the Navy yeah Tell me about that time in the Navy. How long were you there? You did you did some real tours. You were in oh yeah, I, I, I toured in Afghanistan, Iraq, and during Freedom, I used to launch jets, recover them. Matter of fact, the flight deck used, was full of Latinos. We used to speak Spanish a lot, get in trouble for speaking Spanish, and we didn't care. <laughs> Same. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and let me tell you something. Is and, and the thing is, if people think that oh yeah, when Latinos came together in the military, it wasn't oh you're Mexican, oh you're Cuban, oh you're Dominican, you're over there. We nah, we all came together. Mm. We all played dominoes together. We all sat there. Uh, we played with each other. We went out. The we went out dancing together. When we talked on the flight deck, sometimes we talk in Spanish. Pasa me ahí. At the end, it, yeah, it was everybody working together. When we ran, we still run the flight there to this day. The majority are Latinos running stuff in the Navy. But when you watch these movies, they ain't not one Latino. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one in Top Gun. No Latino. No, we got to do a new one. So I'm a bottom gun. <laughs> I mean, at this time, you're still kind of searching, right? You're still figuring out. You're getting to know who you are, but you're figuring out what you want to do for a living. Clearly, the Navy, you weren't going to make a career in there. No, I wanted to, I wanted to get into real estate. I wanted to invest. I wanted to become oh, you're a in the right city for that, right? Right. I wanted to be a businessman, right? And I got out the navy, and I was like, but I love comedy. I always love making people laugh. And I'm like, let me try this stand up. And when I tried the stand up, my ex girlfriend at the time was like, why don't you do videos online? So I started doing videos, and that's oh, when shout I, out to that ex girlfriend. She, she had she had at least one thing right, right? Yeah, you do sabe. Gracias, mi amor. So you started. So it was literally. It was one of those things where you're like, if, if I want to do this, I can do this right here in my bedroom. I oh, can yeah. do it right here in my house. I can make these videos. Yeah, and she was in my early videos, too. 
Oh, that's funny. Right. Oh, now we're ever going to go down the rabbit hole looking for those early YouTube videos. I'm going to have to What would you think are, what was then from doing that kind of thing and then doing the stand? So the stand-up was your Toastmasters. Yeah. Where, like you start getting over this this fear of being, uh, of speaking publicly. public speaking, yeah. And how did those things begin to like convince you that, you know, this is a thing that you could do a career in, not just like a, an outside hobby. Uh, you, you, uh, Mira, uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. That you, I spent years um, second guessing myself. You still go through this process of um, imposter syndrome, mm. right? And that imposter syndrome is you, your own voice, and your own enemy saying that you can't do this, this, and that, which is which are lies. There's so many times I lied to myself, mm. right? How many times we lie to ourselves, man? I remember sitting there, and, and if you if I talk to the younger self, right, mm -hmm. I would be like, all these things that you're telling yourself that you can't do public speaking, it's a lie. You made that up, mm. right? All these times you said that you got bad memory, that's something you could never act. That was a lie. It's that it's beating the negativity. That negativity, yeah. and the problem is what we speak. Our, it becomes our existence. It becomes reality because our body doesn't know what's going on. It's what we're saying. And right. a lot of times the things that are going on in our mind is not true. So we program ourselves as human beings to say, I don't got good memory. So I could never be an actor. I could never sing because I don't have the voice. Mira J-Lo. El cantante. <laughs> I mean, this... Does this come? Mentira, Jelo, yo te quiero. No, we all love you, Jelo. Please, 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 please continue supporting your public radio station. I don't know if she supports or not, but I hope. No, me mata. Who, who, who? Does that is that something that just comes from inside you to stay motivated? Who are some of the people that helped you? That taught you that that some, that thing is that you have to stay motivated. That you can't listen to that little negative voice. Uh, the thing is that you have to hit rock bottom. You have to. I feel like. You have to go through your heartbreaks and you have to uh, go through the process of people saying no. You have to fail mm. sometimes, right? That's scary. It's scary. And a lot of times when you go through heartbreak, a lot of times it's because it, the, the, there's like self-worth issues that you're dealing with mm. in yourself. It's, it's a whole years of, of beating yourself up. And I, I went through, after I went through a, a heartbreak, I, I went through coaching. I got my own uh, dating coach that helped me with my the rest of my life. As a matter of fact, she's, she lives out here, uh, Apollonia Ponte. Like she lives, she's like, I'm, she lives in Miami or whatever. But like her coaching... Uh, helped me realize so many things about me. She taught me to reprogram the things that I say to myself. Is you, you, I live, I grew up in a, in a Latino household where, where your mom is always telling you, "Hey, you're worthless. You're slow. You're not gonna achieve nothing. What's wrong with you?" So you hear those voices when you grow up, and mm -hmm. you're like, oh, "I mean, if something bad happens to you, how many? You know how many times I told myself, "Está bueno que me pase." Right. Eso me pasa a mí. Porque yo hice esto. Right. Now I, I that, am yeah. my own enemy. So I spent days and months reprogramming myself and saying, no, I could do this. Oh, why am I feeling? I question. When I have anxiety come out, I sat, I sit there with anxiety. And I say, why am I feeling like this? What am I truly saying? Because anxiety, your anxiety is your body responding to something that you created in your mind. Mm -hmm. yeah, why am I feeling like this? Why am I anxious? Why? What's the underline? And I question all of that and I'm able to bring myself back into reality. It, it must have helped also to have then 
little victory, like each vic building on each victory, right? So a video gets a lot of views. A video lets me work with this big uh, comedian. Yeah. You know, that comedian, now I'm opening for her. It's, yeah. it's building on those little victories. Little, little victories, but also we make things more complicating than what it truly is. The truth is, life is a lot simpler. Hmm. The truth is, we don't have the answers. Truth is, a lot of people make it and some people don't, and that's okay. You are where you're supposed to be. But that doesn't keep you from hustling. It doesn't stop me. <laughs> you know, you're at an interesting time, right? Like the, the whole comedy thing, we were talking about it earlier, how, you know, everything was first, like you were you had to make your way to be the TV comedian. But mm -hmm. now videos kind of democratized that. And then that kind of went away to like everything being like individual personalities on their TikToks and Instagrams. Tell me about that adaptation, right? Like where, you know, eventually a lot of the guys that came up, you, Jenny Lorenzo, a lot a lot of voices that came up in that BuzzFeed time, like ended up leaving, right? Mm -hmm. I think uh, uh, the internet has provided us with the opportunity. And you can see this as a tool mm -hmm. or you can see this as a detriment, right? If I was a major studio, I'd be like, I, it would scare me because mm -hmm. before it was the TV shows, it was just I need to get on Jimmy Fallon, right? right. And then now... I could uh, put a stand-up video that probably, but more people will watch it than getting on a Jimmy Fallon, mm -hmm. right? I did a video that that I think we hit over four million views on one video. What does that translate into? Give me dollars. Like, what does something like that translate into? Oh, lo que pasa Let's say you get a. What you can happened? Have a, you can have what a, happened was. What happened was okay. You can get like a million views, but that doesn't really translate into mm. dollars, right? Mm. Uh, we don't really rely on the AdSense and stuff like that. But right. depending if we're being sponsored by someone else, that's when we will actually make money. I see. Right. Like a person, uh, uh, some company could see and be like, "Oh, this guy, he gets a lot of follows. If we attach yeah. our names to it, that's a way to." Yeah. Like, if, like if a tampak. Tampon, is it Tampax is called? If they want me to promote some, like, you know, new, new tampons, I'll, I'll promote it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Whoever's paying I mean, the bill, right? Whoever promoting you know what I mean? But that, that's how we make money. Brand deals will come up to us and be like, oh, you know, here's 10000 Oh, because then they're not going to come to me because, you know, I want to use it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you have to believe in your products. <laughs> Trust me. And, and like, what a different path, right? Like, so there's a, there's that thing that also keeps you going where where you also uh like you also are doing you still do live things like it's not just the videos thing yes. right like you have to be a, a much more versatile comic yes yes uh, um yes you, you're able to be versatile i love live comedy because mm -hmm. you're able to interact with people people are there right right when it comes to online you only see numbers so yeah, you're you there at home and you don't know who's seeing it mm -hmm. but the pro the beautiful thing about social media is now i have control of my future now I'm able to say where I'm going, what to, I don't need you, mm. right? There's how many people have HBO specials that nobody's seen? Right. How many people have even Netflix specials that nobody's seen, right? That's and a good point. There's, these people, there's people that have created specials. Look at Matt Reif. I don't know if you ever heard of Matt Reif. Matt Reif, he created his whole, he, he completely revolutionized what stand-up could be and told all these stand-up comedians that you could take control over your future. Hmm. And that's kind of what you've done with with social media, and that is what I'm doing. And I, and I I say anybody else that has the power to do it because I feel like you have a direct connection to your audience, and people will grow with you. People will be there with you, right? And I think that's the most beautiful relation. I did a show in DC, right? 
some dude came up to me. He was like, I've been following you since I was in the third grade. I hit the, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like the third grade. Wait a minute. How old are you? <laughs> Espérate. Third grade. No te pases tampoco, papá. <laughs> oh, but I'm not, not that old. But right. sometimes, and, and this person told me that video that I told you about that when I was broke, I did that first video at, at BuzzFeed. This person came up to me. His name is Daniel. I even remember his name. He came up to me. I saw the first video. He ex he told me the first video I've ever been in, in BuzzFeed. And for me, I was blown away. I was like, this man just told me that he's been following my career since it started. Since the very first From the video. Very, he, I'm like, That's that video where you drove your beat-up Acura, up, beat Acura up to L.A. That almost didn't make it. And it came back with no paycheck. With no That's money. still in the mail. I'm still waiting. Oh, yeah, BuzzFeed. I know BuzzFeed's still in business. Their news division recently closed, but they're but they're still open, so they they can still owe you a check, right? Oh, yeah, I'm gonna have to talk to. Them. No, but <laughs> but that must be that must be really inspiring too. Is is that someone's following your career from the very beginning? From the very beginning. That's a special relationship, and a lot of times, one one thing I always say: blood makes you related, but loyalty makes you family. Mm. And these people that follow you and support you from the very beginning that tell you I followed your career from day one. These are this is family to me. Wow, loyalty is an interesting thing now because I, I recently I was just we were just doing some homework on you and saw that you had like this gig to do like a, mm -hmm. a narration for a documentary, but then the strike, the 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 actor strike, the SAG after strike, yeah. uh, began and you rather than you know like a lot of influencers and people who make the careers on online like that mm -hmm. um, had to make this decision like even though maybe I'm not part of this guild now mm -hmm. you have to start making decisions about. Mm -hmm what gigs you're going to take and what ones you are. And tell me about your decision in that one. Uh, I, I, I had to do a brand deal, a promotion for this movie that was on the studio. I'm not going to say what movie it was, mm -hmm. but it was $10,000. That covers a lot of rent payments. No, I own. Mi hermano, I own. Attaboy. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Right. Well, the, ba the bank owns most of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Don't be shooting out my dreams. Don't be a hater. Listen, I'm in, I'm in the same boat with you. I'm in the boat. <laughs> but th that's also a down payment for a condo somewhere. Like, yeah. I'll buy it with $10,000. So much I could do. And I, I had to turn it down because I had to stand with, with everyone, even though I'm not part of SAG after. But after. Mm -hmm. uh, what the strike opened everybody's eyes i feel like this strike was a way to say hold on wait a minute this is a wake-up call this strike is a wake-up wake-up call for writers mm. for actors how there's people that are actors that are living below poverty uh, uh lanes what a yeah, line right yeah. these people that have been on major tv shows on you like and big netflix shows big movies and they're not getting paid residuals Right. There's people. Suits was a major hit again on Netflix. Go and see if these people have residuals. Right. And these people, there's there's people that are only making $37 a month. I know somebody that was in major shows and movies, that were, and they had to go back to waitressing. Back to waitressing. Waitressing. Wow. So it, for me, it's like, why am I trying to break into somewhere where these people are not even being taken care of? It's like, I want I wanted to break into acting. Like, let me try this. Pero vale la pena si esta gente no lo están cuidando. And that's true because you're you're looking at them and you're like, oh, this is where I want to get to. But if these guys aren't being taken care of, well, then, then you have to look ahead and be like, oh, I, 
you know, we got to take care of them now even before I'm there. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I, I want to make sure they get taken care of. That's what I'm, I, mm. I stand with the actors. I stand with the writers because I'm not going to go in, right? And, and I got, I got to stand with them because in the future, if they meet the demands of these people, take care of your people first. Mm-hmm. And then I'll think about going down this route. If not, I'm just going to keep my lane because I'm okay where I'm at. Right. I'm curious because that would be another, that for you is would be another kind of pivot or another kind of swerve in the road, right? Yes. So tell me about that. Which Tell me about some of those moments that you've had that you're like, oh, th- this audience is not here anymore on this on this video platform. Now I got to do X, Y, Z. That that takes a lot of energy to keep to keep building yourself up to to renew your your, your you know your platform or, or your yeah. direction, right? Yeah, you're direct. You always you always have to re, re- I've been reading this book called I'm gonna be throwing out books. Uh, Relentless. We love it. Relentless. Relentless. Okay. Uh, and this guy, he was the trainer that Michael Jordan and and Kobe Bryant. He says cleaners move without planning. Right? He was like cleaners do. And plan while they do. Like they don't need somebody to tell them a plan. Mm. Michael Jordan, you needed it. You didn't need to tell Michael Jordan a plan. Michael Jordan did it and wasn't afraid of failing. Right. So your your path is your path, and you have to continue. I I, I see it like this. Every step that I take, this is just a step in my path where I need to go, and that's okay. And I'm gonna enjoy it, and I'm gonna take risks. And guess what? There are gonna be times that I'm gonna fail. Michael Jordan failed planes. He missed so many shots. There's games that he lost. But guess what? He was like, next year, we're going to win a ring. And he did it. And he showed up and showed up and showed out. And that's how it is with these people. You have to be a cleaner in life. You right? We cannot let... Sometimes uh, we need to shift. But that, that shifting only happens when you're taking these actions and you're in the moment and the pursuit when we're in the road that you need to go. You, you've done a lot of work on yourself, right? Like you said that you grew up in, in a household where maybe, you you know, in general you're told, you know, like, like again, you stub your toe and you say that happens because you're because yeah. something you did, you know, or yeah. something like that. But so you did a lot of work to, to be able to turn your, your mentality around. Oh, yeah. I read so many books. I listen to audio books every single day. And, and I discovered happiness when I found out it came from me. Hmm. Look, at you, you can, look at you telling us all kinds of things today. Open our eyes up. Yeah, they think about it like we, when uh, stress happens before anything happens, hmm. right? It, when something you you uh, something bad happens is the way that you reacted to it was the bad thing. Hmm. But when you're in the moment and within the problem, you're not thinking about oh, how bad this problem is. You're it's more scarier to jump out of a plane than being there while you're jumping. Hmm. I'm curious what's uh, what's on your vision board now. Because I know that you're the kind of guy that that looks into the future. Are you the kind of guy that looks in the future and says, "There's a next thing that I want to get to"? What's when you look up? What is the next thing that you want to do? Uh, I want to record my own special, and I, I my vision is uh, to have our people represented. Right? I want to create. My goal is just to uh, show people that we're here, mm. that we have the power, that we have a say in this country, that this is also our country like it is yours. And I want to empower our people to be proud of who they are and that we make changes here. Mm. Right? That we, I want to create content for us by us. I will. I think my biggest goal is to create a Latino network where everybody could be seen and represented. That is not some type of executive on the top saying that no, you can't do this, you can't do that. You're not gonna tell me what to do because it's owned by us. We create mm. our content and our stuff. That's the goal. 
Right. You know, I have a podcast coming out soon with, with my boy right here. It's called All Things Latino. Okay. And then this is uh, the first steps of creating a network within the future where people could not only see themselves, but we could also bring in so many content creators and make sure they get paid. Right. <laughs> right. There is that, that like no more uh, doing it for doing it for exposure is, no. is out the window. That's that's yesterday's news. I feel like there is a hole missing. There's some after I left Federal Like, I feel like things changed within BuzzFeed that we there's something missing within latino content creation and media because we're there carol g sold out a, a stadium for like what sixty thousand people mm -hmm. in texas that's right look at bad bunny bad bunny major artist worldwide sings only in spanish sing only in spanish he can't even speak english i spoke to him in english and they're like <laughs> can you please speak, try to speak to him in english i was like are you sure have you heard him in english <laughs> Just translate for him. Let him do his thing, man. Let him do his thing. Help him out. But he did that. He did that because Bad Bunny is not only representing Puerto Rico. I, I spoke to Bad Bunny. I said, you know why we follow you and we support you, Bad Bunny? He's like, why? Because even though I'm Dominican and I was born and raised in the United States of America, you reminded me of who I am. Mm. You represent me. And you Puerto Rican. Did that get you into his party? He invited me to no party. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bad bunny. Show our brother some love. You have you have this dream. Tell us what's a good way to keep us going. When you hear that voice in the back of your head, what's the thing that you tell yourself to turn it around for you? I, I check I check myself. And when you have that voice in your head, stop and be like, what am I saying? I am saying this. Uh, I, I who was it? I um I don't know where I read this, but where I saw this from. But the anxiety week. Oh, there's this book. There's another book. It's called Feeling Great. Uh, I went through a moment of anxiety and depression, and the anxiety we created, right? And this doctor they gave this book that he wrote to veterans, and 67% of the veterans were able to cure their depression and anxiety by reading this book. I was like, oh, I gotta get this book. I read this book. And what turns out is a lot of the depression, anxiety, you know, there are situations that is hormone related, but most of the time it is done because what we say, a lot of times we see somebody else's career and be like, oh my God, he's doing better than I am. Well, if you want to see how positivity can turn your life around, you can check out Gadiel Del Orbe tonight at the Miami Improv. Gadiel, thank you so much for spending the hour with us, man. Mi hermano, thank you for having me. Thank you. Come out, show up. Our guest today was the comedian Gadiel Del Orbe. He got his start making viral videos for BuzzFeed, and he'll be at the Miami Improv tonight. And that's Sundown for Wednesday, September 20th. Leslie Ovaya Atkinson is our lead producer. Elisa Baena is our producer and social media editor. Sergio Bustos is WLRN's VP of News. Katie Munoz is our director of live programming. Peter J. Meritz is WLRN's VP of Radio. And Richard Ives is our engineer. Our theme music is by the Miami Afro-Cuban funk band Palo. Coming up tomorrow on the program... Two locations in South Florida make the New York Times best restaurant list. One of them joins us, the creators of Smoke and Dough. I'm Carlos Frias. Good vibes only. WLRN Public Media.